Hello and welcome to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dean Watt, and I'm your guide to exceptional leadership and dynamic culture in your business. Join me each week as we explore practical tips through fun and fascinating interviews with successful business owners who've mastered the art of leadership. Over the last 20 years as a keynote speaker, author, and high-performing team transformation specialist, I've been fascinated by what it takes to create a great culture and dedicated team members in a business. When leaders truly own their roles and empower their team members to do the same, a great culture is always the result. So whether you're on your couch or in your car, on a treadmill or hiking up a hill, get ready to be inspired and entertained as you learn exactly how to own your role. And welcome once again to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And thank you again for meeting with us here each and every episode that our goal here is obviously to help you understand how to magnify your purpose and ignite that passion inside of you and all that you do. And I want to just give a big shout out to all of you that have shared this podcast to your friends and your colleagues that you think would uh, gain value from our episodes. And today you're going to get some cool value. I just got to do a little bit of a pre-interview with Noli and Noli Williams is a guy who is uh, unique. He's different. He likes to make a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs would say. And I can't wait for you guys to get to know him and as I've been able to over the last little bit. So don't forget, always please like and subscribe to the episode, so that, or the, the podcast, I should say, so you'll know when a new episode comes up and you can listen to this great information that we're putting out there. That being said, welcome to the show, Noli. Dino, how we doing, buddy? I'm glad awesome. to be here. Thank, Thank you. you, man. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Noli, you are known as the business healer. You know, I, I know there's a lot of business, broken businesses probably listening to this right now, you know, or at least hurt. <laughs> they might Absolutely. not be broken, they're hurt. Yeah. And that's that's what I like to say, Dino. They're they're you're not broken, you're just you're wounded. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it, any business that has an issue where, you know, if, if you just desire more, you know, you know, you should be here. Maybe you should be at 500,000 a year, a million a year, whatever the yeah. number is, yeah. but you, you know, you should be doing more. Um, there's an issue there. And so I like to come in and, and bring that healing and, and it's a big part of what you do too, Dino. So I, yeah. I I'm glad we get to hang out together. Oh, there. I think we're going to have a really good conversation today. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to the show, uh, you know, I know you might be on a treadmill or driving your car, but Somehow take some notes because we're going to have some fun. I can already tell. Well, Noli, at uh, the beginning of the show, we always want to get into people's stories. I think stories sure. are what connects all of us. So give us your story. Where'd you come from? What are you doing? How'd you get to where you are right now as the business healer? So I was uh, born in 1970, mm -hmm. uh, born in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And my dad was military. Uh, my mom was in school. She was working. Um, she was. I think she was working on her master's at that time. Maybe she was working on her bachelor's anyway. Uh, so they, it was kind of rough, man. I mean, we lived in Bedford Stuyvesant. It was kind of the hood. That was <laughs> and it, back then. Now, nowadays, Hey, you, you, you wish you could, could own something there, <laughs> but back then it was rough. And so we ended up moving to uh, Ohio and my dad was in the military. He was in the air force. And so he got a post there. And by the time I was about six or seven, about seven ish, they were they weren't doing so well together. Mm. And so they separated and it was it was tough. I was a very sensitive kid. Mm. Uh, very, very. I was an introvert, still am technically, but I was a super shy kid. And that that really rocked my world. And when 
my mom and dad separated, I started kind of going more inward. You know, uh, my mom became very angry. She uh, she became very abusive to my sister and I. So, you know, she would beat us with, you know, whips, extension cords was her favorite. Um, And she she was just a very angry person. You know, she was bipolar as well, mental disease. And so so we grew up kind of rough, man. We we by the time I was 10, we ended up my sister and I and my mother moved to uh, Compton. Well, not Compton area, but right outside Compton, South Central L.A. Wow. Um, from one extreme to another. And yeah, uh, I was going to say it was like the cheapest place you can. She wanted to move to California and it was like the cheapest place you could move to. And we figured out why when we got there, it was really yeah. rough. 1980. It was not nice then. And so we ended up moving to the outskirts of, of Los Angeles. And, um, you know, my salvation kind of came in entrepreneurship. You know, I found out that I could make money if I provided a good or a service and I, I, I just became enamored with it. So at the age of 12, two things happened. One, I started taking computer programming classes. I was an undercover nerd. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the other thing happened was I started figuring out this whole thing I call the process of profit, mm-hmm. you know, taking that lunch money and converting it, you know, triple quadrupling it, uh, selling candy in school, uh, selling newspapers, door to door. So is that like, I, I was sorry to interrupt this one. Was yeah. that a natural like inclining or did you see somebody do that? Somebody modeled yeah, it for was, you? It was modeled. So my dad was an entrepreneur. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. When he got out of the air force, um, he got, he went to college, got his degree, but he really liked, um, you know, making handcrafted jewelry. He'd go to the flea markets and he'd set up a table and I just watched him. And then I watched my mom because it, it was kind of, sort of um you know the summers we'd be with dad and then the rest of the year with sure. mom and, dog. and i was like i saw mom punch that clock you know get up every day have to, you know not really liking the fact that she had to go to work sure and uh and then punch that clock come home and i saw dad like man this guy he just works on the weekends he's got always got a lot of money so i was like i kind of like that schedule i like i like <laughs> <his day better. laughs> yeah so i think it was modeled and Part of that, too, was he gave me a little like space in his flea market table every weekend to where I could sell whatever I wanted. So I started making buttons of popular artists, started selling posters, any artist memorabilia. If you yeah. want it, I have it. I got wow. it. <laughs> so like artists like like back then. Or- yeah. Back then it was like Prince, uh, you know, Cindy Lauper, Run DMC, all the pop you know, pop people back then, Michael so Jackson. You, so you were creating some really unique memorabilia because obviously if you're making it, it's not like yeah. they can go to the store and buy it at, you know, Sam Goody's for those of you who understand sure. that cut of a, yeah. there's no Sam Goody's around anymore, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I remember it. And uh, no, <laughs> I, used cool. to, I used to get all the teeny magazines, you know, and then, uh, and then I would cut out and yeah. then I'd make buttons, you know, yeah. I'd make kinds of buttons uh, i had a button making machine and stuff like that so yeah i did every i did anything i could to for That's money you know to 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 make a to turn a profit you know and i tried a lot of things i used to subscribe when i was 12 i subscribed i don't know if you remember this dino it was called small business opportunities magazine it was absolutely my favorite magazine 
magazine. Dude, I, I was reading. I was reading Mad Magazine. I was small <laughs> business profit Frack magazine Mad and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like Mad. I like Mad. But no, I, I read Small Business Opportunities magazine. Wow. I don't know any of my friends that were subscribers, but yeah, I was. sure. Yeah. And now I know that the whole magazine. It was like one ad after another. It was like there were just businesses that were for right. sale. You know, like they were franchises, basically. Right. And uh, that's where I bought my uh, button making machine. And I would, would, but what I liked most, you know, was I liked looking at all these business models and just like, man, there's all these different ways to make money. Like, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. So it was, so I started studying sort of the game of entrepreneurship and business ownership um, around 12 years old. And when I got in pretty immersed by the time I was 23, I quit my job. You know, of course, lots lots of things happen in between there. Sure, but I, sure. I quit my job and became an entrepreneur full time. You know, and what was your first business? Uh, my first business was a record label. So oh. at, around around the age of thirteen, I got I got so excited in the music because I was you know selling artist stuff. Sure. And I, I I fell across Run DMC. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to do that. Like, yeah. Oh, I want to, I want to be a rapper. So that's what I started doing. I was in the studios at age 15, 16. Wow. I was making rap. Back then it was uh the LA area. So it was all gangster rap, you know. Sure. And that's what every NWA's two live crews, all, all that, guys. all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know about it. Do I know? I was there. <laughs> With 72, so, baby. I know I my world. <laughs> so so it, eventually though, um, I started going, I, I returned to my faith, the faith of my youth, and I, I started doing Christian rap. And that oh. was when I was probably 18, 19. Yeah. Um, and I started a magazine. I started, uh, first I started the magazine and it was always a side hustle. But eventually I said, you know what? I was, I was a graphic designer at a law firm. And I said, it's now or never. I'm 23 years old. I'm getting ancient. <laughs> you know, like, look how old I am. I'm already 23. You know, yeah. I got to do this now. So I quit um, my job and actually gave my boss a, a 90 day notice, believe it or not, because I really liked my boss. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, trained my next person and everything. And meanwhile, I started a record company. Uh, wow. and, and, and and by the way, I started working from home. And my model back then, I'm 53 now. So it's been 30 years uh, without a W-2, 1099. Nice. Um, and my model back then was, hey, if the president of the United States can work from home, so can I. And that's what I did. I've been working from home for 30 years. I know? love that. <laughs> I love that. That's right. He is. The uh, president has nothing on me. I should be. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I could do that. I could do that. So. So that's what I've been doing. My first, my first business, Dino, I started with uh, eighteen hundred dollars that I got from family and friends. You know, fifty dollars here, forty there, twenty sure. there. Hey, sure. I'm starting my business. You know, won't you support me in this? And every and a lot of people supported me. They're like, man, more power to you. You know, well, um, they saw you from twelve hustling. Yeah, right. They saw you were going to. I mean. Because that's a bold thing, first of all, to go and ask people for money, right? It and is. okay, will you support me in this? It's also a great training ground and lesson. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, oh, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna show you how I can do this, but I gotta be bold enough to ask. 
and every unanswered unasked question is a no. So you asked the right. question. And so right. now they're like, yeah, we've seen you. You got a track record. Let's see what you do with it. That's exactly. Awesome. Exactly. And it wasn't, it, it, you know, I didn't ask for a loan. I just asked for help. This is, this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs oh, smart. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't ask, you know, there was no equity stake. There was no loan and it was very, I was only raising 1800 bucks. Cause that's what it would take to, to uh, do my album back then. And the way I did it, Dino was, was pretty interesting. So I created a, a I wrote a letter of what I was doing, why I was doing it, what I in my heart, put my heart out on paper. It was one page. And then I had a coupon in there with a self-addressed stamped envelope <laughs> a lot of you guys don't even know what i'm talking about right now <laughs> hopefully SAS those listening team. to this know what that is hopefully okay, the ones okay. listening will know what that is all right well well i love you for that and so so i put the self-addressed stamped envelope and i put a coupon in there and it says yes nolly i will support you with and i put a blank number of shares each share was 25 dollars. okay so you could get two shares four shares if you did four shares that's 100 you're going to do one share how many shares can I put you down for? That was my wow, <laughs> wow, that's genius. Yeah, and I and I told him I said, and by the way, if you don't want to make it the check out to me, here's the name of the studio. Make it to them, no problem. And so these they started coming in, man, and I was so excited. I, I when I got I had eighteen hundred bucks. Okay, let and, me ask you a question on that though. I'm going to stop you right yeah, there for a sure. minute because I remember the first time I ever put on an event. And I still remember to this day, the first person who paid me a hundred on ninety-seven dollars to come to my three-day real estate event. Wow! And Mitch Larson, I remember his name. I remember walking out of my office with that feeling of someone just paid me ninety-seven dollars to yeah. come to my event, and the feeling of just pride and like oh i can do this people trust me believe in it i want to know do you remember the first check that came back to you the day when it came back to you with the and how much it was and if not that's fine yeah it was a hundred it was a hundred dollars and it was uh jan jackson and uh she was my my wife's boss actually and uh and i i remember i mean she was like right away anything that i would do she supported me wow um, I mean, I would, you know, I would iron clothes for a dollar per item, you know, and she would, she would give me like um, her husband's like boxer shorts and like t-shirts, <laughs> you know, just to, just to support my little business. Please make sure these are creased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, so she, she always, it, she was the first one to, to, to put put in that support. Yeah. And, wow. uh, and we're friends with her to this day. I mean, isn't that awesome? Like, I, I hope people are listening. Hopefully, first of all, I hope you had just had a flashback moment yourself. I hope you're listening to this going. Yeah, I remember that first person who believed in me, that first client, that first whatever. But the other side of that is I'm sure you've done that to other people and you don't even yes. know that you were that first person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um how we can be more of that person. That's amazing. So I'm sorry to interrupt you there. So you, now you got these people giving you money and you yeah. start the business, you cut the album. Yeah. I cut the album. And, and I, you know, and I told my wife, I said, look, cause we went from two incomes, you know, to one income sure. and we weren't really making that much money. I mean, you're talking right at about a thousand a month, Yeah, you, yeah. you know, back in the day, this is in the nineties. And so early nineties. And so, um, I told my wife, I sat down with her. I said, look, 
And by the way, um, I've been married 31 years now, and I've uh, learned a few things. A few things. I know. <laughs> I've learned a few I, things. I'm right this, behind you at 28. So I, <laughs> right. I, I, get it, I get it. Well, this was my first year of marriage. Okay. I was about six, seven months Ooh. married when I quit my job. And I, one thing I did learn, Dino, is you ought to have a talk with your with your significant other before you quit. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that back then. I just came home. I, I was excited. I said, hey, hey, know, baby, guess what? I did a little thing. No today. Check. Did a little thing. So so she was like beside herself, like what like this is insane. Like sure. how, how can this even sure. work? You know, who did I even marry here? You know, yeah, right. But but she so I sat her down, I said, look, if you will cover us for the next year, okay, just it's gonna be tight. We're not gonna be able to do a lot of the things that we've done, but we'll make it. Um and just let me grow my business. You'll never have to work again. Now, this they talk about making promises. Oh. <laughs> talk about I said you do 12 months, you will never in your life have to work again unless you want to. Now I'm not one of yeah, those guys that sure. women from you know you, you, you have an option. Yeah. But but you'll have the option to never work again. And that I was like, man, that that's as I'm saying, I'm like, that's a sweet deal. And uh she 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 said, Okay, let's let's do it. Eleven months later, wow. know, she quit her job. And she's never worked outside of working with me since then. Holy moly. That is amazing. So, so we've been almost 30 years with uh with entrepreneurs both, you know, with one income. So that's been that's been a huge, huge blessing. Well, that little eighteen hundred dollars five years later, I was making hundred and fifty thousand a month in that business. A month? A month. As a business. record producer. As a record producer, of course, I had huge overhead. You know, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we were distributed by EMI Capital. We, I mean, we had a niche of a niche. Talk about, I mean, we were doing Christian yeah. rap. We were doing Christian music and it was rap music. But we became world's number one for that genre. I mean, wow. most people have never heard of us, but our fans, man, everything we put out, they just, you know, we had over 700 uh, bookstore, Christian bookstores that carried our product. We had um, all the churches, you know, were, were into our stuff. So it was very lucrative, but I had no idea, you know, what I was doing. Not even a clue. I well, mean, I was- yeah, that's the best thing, right? <laughs> that that makes it even sweeter. And, and it's a great lesson, right? For people, yeah. who, well, I got to figure it all out before I start and get out there. I mean, two lessons there, right? First of all, just, just get off the pot already. Like Absolutely. just do it. And number Absolutely. two is- Obviously, and people have heard this before, the niches are in the riches. You and I were talking a little bit beforehand about how I did not expect to be so heavy in the orthodontic space. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that I haven't. I'm branching out to other places now because now I've learned I got a foundation, right? I know what, what doesn't work, but to niche that down and here's what I like. I think Nolan, and I I get this from you as a person is uh, just from the short time we've known each other. It wasn't about being the most popular. It wasn't about everybody knowing your name, but you were doing it in a space that you believed in, in an area that made sense. You probably gave a ton, not not probably, you absolutely gave opportunities to people who might not have had those opportunities before. Absolutely. You created a space of these, the Christian rap that helped people get their art out there. Right. And, right, and, and right. Uh, to an audience that maybe they didn't have to succumb to some of their, their let go some of their values. Absolutely. And, and they could Absolutely. create a popularity and fulfill their dream without having to compromise. 
I mean, that's that's huge. And I think people yeah. really underestimate the power of what's the niche. What's the yeah, niche? That, that's so true. And the riches are in the niches, as you as you mentioned. And what what happens eventually, Dino, like where you are, is you start to have multiple niches. So and, yes. and I, I think of a niche as a division in your of your company. It doesn't uh, necessarily smart. have to define you, but it is a division. So uh, when I was in real estate, I had a um, a division that did uh, distressed property. Okay, and I became so well known in that in that space that I was doing hundreds and hundreds of these. And whenever I did a luxury property, someone would might say something like, "Well, because a lot of times, Dino, people, you know." Those of you listening might be afraid like, hey, well, won't I cut out most of my clientele? Right. Well, the truth is there's a reason why a a, 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 a heart surgeon, okay, makes 153 to 156,000 more than a general practitioner. Sure, sure. Yet sure. statistically, they work 30% less, okay? They have 30% less visits. That's because there, there's three things that happen when you create a niche. You're sought out you're in demand and you're relevant. Mm. Okay. When you don't have a niche, when you're the, the, I do it all. Yes. You're not sought out. You're not really relevant and you're not really in demand. You know, if you think about it, you can actually charge a lot more because if I had a, a heart condition and I'm, and, and I need a cardiologist, guess what? I'm not, I'm not looking for the cheapest, you know, guy in town, you know, to do my surgery. I'm looking, you know, I'm not going to pay, you know, maybe the most expensive, but the reality is I'm going to see who can get the job done. I want the best. Yeah. I want the best and I'm going to work on their terms. Yep. You know, we're going yeah. to make it work. So, so then, like you said, the niches are in the riches and don't have a fear around, you know, really stepping into your niche. The other thing I wanted to mention on that is you have to understand who you are. That's so mm -hmm. important. Um, in my new book, I talk about hone your superpower as the foundational thing. Mm. And that's what I did back then. I started off as a rapper, but I realized that I that there was a lot of guys out there that were better than me. And that was a blow to my ego, to be honest mm. with you. Yeah, that's I true. thought I was like, man, I'm 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 like really. And then I get I get these demos in. I'm like, man, this guy's better than me. Like, so I just started signing these guys, but they didn't know anything about business. They didn't know. And see, my superpower, I'm a systems person. You know, whenever I take the assessments, whether it be the genius test, the disc test, you know, all the others, uh, sure. my and so on, um, I always test out as an engineer. So my I'm more of the way I think is like an engineer. And so I'm highly into the systems side of things, whereas these guys were just artists. They just knew how to put it down and they were good. And I could do that, but I was better on the other side of it. So I just started, you know, sort of managing their careers, if you will. And that was a better position for me. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I talk about when I talk about owning your role, this idea of like really own who you are at the highest mm -hmm. level, the expert side of things. Dan Sullivan talks about, don't do the things you're an expert at, do it at a, at a genius level. Right. So right. To, to rephrase what I just said, like do it at a genius level, do your genius. That's the role. Absolutely. Stop faking it. Stop trying to play somebody else. Stop trying to do something else to be who you are. And when you there, not only do you feel like you're, you know, I, I sometimes equate it to being in a river where you just like put your feet up and let the river take you. 
right? right. So you're not trying to be in control. You're just letting the, 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 the current take you where you need to go. Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. It's almost like, I mean, I use the word surrender. Yeah. You know, surrender. But, but, yeah. But, but when you're fully in your superpower, you know, if you think about, so I grew up with the justice league. Okay. Yes. These new guys, they, they got, they have Avengers and all that. Right. But I had the justice league. Yeah. We're talking about wonder woman, Batman, Superman, and a bunch of others that would come together and whoop some ass. Right? Yes, like, yes. You know, we might have to beat that out, but no, I'm talking good. about they would put it down. They would put yep. it down. Yep. And, and what, what you have to understand is if you're, if you're the incredible Hulk, I'm not going to send you on a stealth mission. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all, all, now the incredible Hulk has an, he has a great superpower. He knows how to sure. smash. Yeah. That's about all he can do. Yeah, he gets yeah. upset and he'd smash. Now, yeah. if I need somebody to smash something, we're going to go with the Hulk. But yeah. if I need a stealth mission, I need somebody to quietly go in and, you know, get, do you're not Hulk. You stay behind. We're going to send in Ant-Man. Yeah. So, you know, somebody. So, so the reality is, and, and, and it's okay. Like you don't have, if you're the incredible Hulk, you don't have to feel bad about it. There's right. going to be, there's, there's a zone of genius that you have, and we're going to, you, you're going to be able to be used when it's appropriate, but knowing who you are is so important. Um, and then your team members same thing you understand who they are and then you put them in the right roles now we have you know everybody where they're supposed to be and we've got again you know the justice league or avengers, avengers and everybody's yeah. working together to make it happen you know? what a, what a great visual that is and i i appreciate you thank you for breaking it down in that way i've heard a lot of different ways to talk about being your superpower your genius and i don't think i've ever heard it put that way where it's true like if you look at the people that we, the Captain Americas, the Bat, Batmans, whatever, yeah, of course we all know they have their superpowers and their weaknesses, right? But why are you people who get upset are like, dang it, you know, I'm not Batman. It's like, okay, but but you're Wonder Woman, like go with that. Right. It's okay. Let's go. And and here's the cool thing too, you know, what what I've discovered is that most people, you know, most Homo sapiens, okay, own possess one or two superpowers yeah. just it's not it's not it's not a whole lot of them and sure. that's okay you really only need one yeah and once you figure that out you can apply it in any industry because most people are trying to figure out who am i like what am i here to be right I, I i see it this way dino i see that we're here for three reasons number one um or, or you know we're here to be number one we're human beings not human doings mm -hmm. so we're here to have an experience that's what being is uh, we're here to do, we're here to, obviously we have a mission, a purpose that we're here to tackle. Um, and then we're here to give. We're all givers. Okay. Whether we decide to actually give or not, doesn't change the fact because giving isn't something you do. It's something you are. Hmm. And, and so when, when you think about it, a lot of people are like, well, what am I, what would I be good at? What, what should I do? That's not the question. Because once you understand your superpower, Dino, you could do it in orthodontics. You could do it. You could work with plumbing the plumbing industry sure, yeah, and you still would change lives doing what your superpower is connecting with people. Right. And, 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 you know, like my superpower is connecting with others. So I could do that on stage. I can do it through books. I could do it through YouTube and so on. Mm. Um, but as, and I can do it in different industries. Um, I, I, I used to always joke about the plumbing industry uh, because I, I I happen to be, you know, been in real estate the last 20 years and I was in the music industry before that and I've been in software and so on. But I would say, man, if I was selling plumbing parts, 
I'd still be doing what I do, you know, yes. with a different crowd. Yep. Lo and behold, I was at a at an event last a couple months ago. This guy works with a plumbing company that makes over a billion dollars a year. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to joke about being in plumbing parts anymore because <laughs> that that and and they sell plumbing parts, but they sell billions of dollars of plumbing parts. So yeah, you can your zone of genius can shine wherever you happen to be, you know. I love how you just said that because it, it inspired me to think I just wrote down on my board here about how, you know, I had a lot of jobs over the yeah. last, you know, okay, 50 years old. I've started working when I was 12 with my dad doing concrete, my stepdad doing concrete. I've had a lot of jobs. And sometimes when I go through stuff and I'm talking to people, they'll say, man, you've done, I was a limo driver in LA. I worked in Hollywood, blah, all this other stuff. But I just wrote down because you inspired me. You know, I've had multiple jobs, but my role has never changed. That's I've right. Always been about relationships. I've always That's been right. about connecting with people. That's I've right. always been about coming up with ideas. Yeah. That's really for me. Thank you for that. First That's time. revolutionary when you think about it that way. And, and it was it was an epiphany that I had probably 12 years ago because mm. I've been studying um this whole idea of what your purpose is, like, mm. what are you here for? And I would always look at it from the angle of what are you here to do? And I was like, that's not really it. It's who am I? And then what I do is a conduit mm. for who I am. It's just yeah. a channel. Yeah. I'm just channeling. Just like you said, you, you did all those jobs and, and so many of our, of our, um, you know, students, I, I'd like to call uh, Dino come to us and they're like, well, just tell me what I should be doing. And, they think that a role is what's going to satisfy them. And it's, that's not it. It's owning, honing and owning your superpower and then showing up with that, no matter what that yeah. role, what that happens to be. So I'm glad you got that epiphany there, Dino. That's good. I yeah, mean, you've, you've always had it. You've yeah. always been walking in it. You just may have not heard it. You know, yeah. It, it brought some clarity to the own your role process for me, even the, even the idea of, you know, um, I, I I always say this, that there are tasks that you have to do. Mm -hmm. There's a job that you're paid for, but there's the role that you own. And you yeah, that role is who, who I am as a human being walking on this planet. Sure. And, you know, that's, that's awesome. That's very cool. So yeah. now you've taken all of this and you've been able to see this evolution of, let's bring us up to date a little bit um, on you a multiple book writer and you were in the real estate world forever. And now mm -hmm. like, where do you, where's your, where are you showing off your superpower now? Who are you most affecting your superpower now? Now it's more working with entrepreneurs in, mm -hmm. uh, in, in helping any entrepreneur, you know, earn a quarter million or more a year working three hours a day. You know, that's really my thing. Wow. It's, it's really about efficiency. And what most people don't realize, you know, whether they're, in chiropractic or whether they're, you know, massage therapist or real estate agent or whatever it might be, is that when you look at the, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, well, what I was going to say is just to finish that thought, when you look at what it is that you do, um, probably only 10% of it is what really moves the needle. Mm. Like it's really moving the needle toward the income bracket that you, you know, and, and, and we call those income producing activities. Sure. So when I, when I was in the real estate space, I was always about you know, how can I do this smarter? That was, you know, just the way my mind works. It's like, how can I engineer a way to do this more efficiently? And so I got it to where I was able to do 100, 150 transactions 
uh, without working uh, more than about two to two or three hours on each transaction. So while many of my colleagues were working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, I was working maybe, you know, 10 or 15 hours a week. Okay. And I was outselling them. I was, I was in, in, uh, in 2008. So I got my, my real estate license in 2004 after I lost everything. So in the music industry, um, everything went digital Sure. and I did not shift with the market. You know, mm. I had my head in the sand and I didn't see what was coming and I didn't change my, my label over to digital soon enough. So I was bumped out of that industry in a sense. And I, I think I just lost my taste for it. And I got in, and when I sold my house, when I was 26, I bought a 6,000 square foot home right outside Austin on 10 acres. And it was a very nice house. Um, and I sold that house and I paid the realtor 29,500 bucks, whatever it was, $537. I still, I still have a settlement statement. I, you know, I look at it every now and then. Inspiration. And I was like, man, this, this guy just made 30 grand. Like I just paid him 30,000 and I probably saw him twice. Hmm. Like, hmm. I'm thinking like, maybe that's something. Tell me more about this real estate thing. So he, he, he schooled me on the game and I got really good at it. And within four years, I became, I was the number one, uh, uh, um, agent. Okay. In Austin, number one, Austin business journal came out with in 2008, they came out with their top, uh, agents in town. And I was, I sold 96 transactions, um, as a solo agent. Wow. And I was I was the, the number one agent in, in the city out of out of nine thousand eight hundred agents. And so I, I kind of tackled the game. I figured it out, but I was super efficient. OK. And so what I learned was when I talked to other agents and how they were operating their business, I was like, man, why are you like things that I would take for granted that I that I was doing in my business? Um, they, did, they hadn't even occurred to them that they could, you know, delegate and outsource and so on. So one day I was with my uh, massage therapist. And she says, Nolly, I want you to teach me to do what you're doing. I was like, oh, you want to get into real estate? She said, no, 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 no. I like what I'm doing. I just wanted you to teach me how to build a team so I don't have to work all the time. And I was like, well, I do this for real. She says, yeah, but it should work in my industry. I said, well, we can give it a shot. So I taught her my system over several months. And I got to tell you, you know, you know how, uh, Dino, when you have those students that just take what you, what you tell them and they apply. I mean, you mean, I your, just, you mean your favorite students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julianne was one of these. And uh, within about eight months, so she was in a chiropractor's office as a as a um, massage therapist. Uh And she if she wasn't, you know, physically there, she wasn't making money. So I taught her, hey, here's how you're going to leverage yourself. Within about eight months, she was completely leveraged. She had three uh, full time people um, and, and she broke her foot. Okay, she couldn't work for I don't know, like so like four months. And she told me when in a session once, she says, Nolly, if it wasn't for you, I'd have lost my house. I said, what do you mean? She said, you remember when I broke my foot, I couldn't work for four months. She said, back the way I was before, I would have, I wouldn't have been able to make my mortgage payment. Yeah, of course. But because of what you taught me, I I didn't skip a beat. So she took it now, Dino. Last time I saw her was a couple months ago at a coffee shop. I ran into her here in Austin. She now has three locations. She has over 50 massage therapists. She gets 50% of every booking and she, and, and it's interesting because when you go into her office now, one of her locations, they don't even know that she does massage. 
Like, and, and when I met her, she, that's all she did was she was a solo massage therapist working for a chiropractor. Yep. So these, what I, what I figured out, Dino, was that these principles that I had adopted in my various businesses over the years could work in any business. Yep. Um, and so that's what I, that's why I decided I'm going to share this. I'm going to put it in a book. I'm going to share my seven step blueprint with other entrepreneurs so that if you choose to, you can, you don't have to work as hard as you're working. And at least if you are working, it's by choice, you know, it's by design, not by, def by default. Now, was that the first book? Because I know you have multiple books or is no, this, no, this the this newest is the book coming the out? I just came out with. That's the one I just came out with. And, yeah. and tell everybody, what's the name of the book? It's called Three Hours a Day. Three Hours a Day. It's on McGraw Hill. Three Hours whole, a Day. The whole idea of it is that if you would, and this is all science as well, a lot of, a lot of uh, university studies behind it, but if you would spend 90 minutes a day working on two big picture priorities, that's going to move your business 90%. So 90% of that half a million or a million a year, whatever you want, is going to happen within that three hours. Wow. And so, um, so it, and, and by the way, Dino, businesses, any business only, well, only as an entrepreneur, you'll only ever have two problems. Okay. You either don't have enough money in your business or you don't have enough time. Mm. If, you're, if you're, if your problem is money, that's, a, you know, if, if, if it's cash flow, um, then you have a, uh, it's, you know, how you fix that is lead generation. Mm. You have to generate leads and you have yeah. to create more appointments for yourself. Yeah. Leads and appointments, you know, yep. uh, orthodontic. I mean, they have to generate more people, more clients and customers. Yeah. If you, now, when you become, if you're, if you're that orthodontist that everybody goes to and you're booking 90 days out, you've got a time problem, Yeah. you know? And you basically solve that problem with leverage. You know, you bring in two or three bring other doctors. Sure. Yeah. You bring you you teach them on your principles and your system. You make them better than you. Like all my artists that were at my label were, were actually better than me. Okay, and I was still one of the artists on the label, but I you know I picked people that were better than me. Um, and you have to not have that complex about it because these people, even though they're really good, they may not have the superpower you have, and they need you. You know, it's not like one can work without the other as well. So, so that's, that's a that's, really interesting insight because I don't think a lot of people are comfortable with that. Of they want to hire somebody who can do the job, but I don't want them to outshine me. And I've been in those situations sure. before where sure. people were, you know, wanting to talk to Dino more than the owner, and the owner gets upset about. It. I'm like, I'm I'm just supporting you, man. I'm making you look good, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's a big challenge yeah. for a lot of people. I think that's great. Three hours. That's that's an ego risk. When you get into a point yeah. where and, and and I was I was very insecure for many, many years. Yeah. You know, because of the way I was raised, you know, my mom would tell me terrible things uh that I know now, you know, no no mom should ever say, like sure. you know, uh, you're worthless. I'm sorry I ever had you. Um, you'll never amount to anything. And so a lot of my entrepreneurial journey was I'm gonna prove you wrong by damn. Sure. Damn watch me, watch me, look at this, look at this house I just bought, look at it. And so I was trying to prove to mom that, hey, you know, see, see here, hey, hey. Yeah. But really I was trying to prove it to myself because I felt unworthy, you yeah. know? And when we're you all, get- We're all kids on the inside just trying to- All heal, on the inside, heal, right? We're all five-year-olds, all yeah. of us, all of us. And that's part of the business healing process yeah. as well. Um, there, there's a lot of what we do, we do out of a trauma response and those responses were good at the time. You know, I left home when I was 16. I was on the streets for two years, going from house to house. One, stay with this homie, that buddy, 
you know, that's, that's how I lived when I ran away from home. And, um, and, and there were certain things that, that were, that I gained, you know, like not don't trust people, things like that, that were sure. really beneficial. Sure. But they don't serve me anymore. And so you have to shed it and say, you know what? I appreciate you. I honor you. I thank you for, for, you know, getting me this far, but buddy, we're going here and, yeah. you know, it's time to shake hands and, and, and leave those limiting beliefs behind, you know? Well, you mentioned something a moment ago, I think is one of the biggest problems is I think a lot of people recognize they have maybe a trauma or a challenge, but for the most part, especially for people who are successful, a lot of those traumatic things or those belief systems of let me show you or, mm-hmm. you know, that's actually what got you here. Absolutely. So to, yes. I to go to somebody be like, hey, we need to, we need to heal that and yeah. get rid of that and move on from that. That's the scary part. Cause like, no, that's no, 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 no. this, yeah. this overemphasize of perfection or this th- desire for all control or whatever. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That, that got me through college. That got me sure. through. I'm successful. That, that's why sure. people love me. That's right. And for that's me right. having to go through that myself. And still there are pieces where I'm like, Oh, dang, I see where I'm holding on to that because there's pride and, and the wound is it, it, yeah. it's it, it it was a survival mechanism and I survived and there are people who don't survive. I get it. That's, that's but right. If you're listening that's to the right. show, you're probably someone who's gotten through stuff. Right. And that's what helped you survive. So why would you get rid of that? And, the well, and at the end of the day, at the end of the, the day, what got you where you are is not what's going to get you where you that's are. That's right. That's what but the answer is, right? It, it will stifle and bottleneck your business. Yeah. See, if, if JC, if he, if he came in every day and said, you know, people will only do business with me. I'm never going to hire anyone else. He would have never grown to another store or four stores or mm-hmm. five stores. And if, and if I went into JC Penny and says, look, I'm not going to buy a suit until JC Penny personally. Comes right. Out. <laughs> they this send me out out of the store. I mean, he's, right. You see what I'm saying? So you your 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 business, the trajectory of your you cannot scale with that mindset. The only way you can scale is to for you to get out of the way. Yes, because you you are the only reason why your business is not growing to where where it wants to be. Your yeah. business wants to get to a certain level, but who's stopping it? You are. <laughs> Nobody else. You're the bottleneck, and 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 I and I refuse to be the bottleneck in my business. I remember when I was uh, Dino, because I'm I'm really good at all things artistic. So man, I'm editing videos. I'm like, why in the hell am I editing video? I pay this guy a thousand dollars a month, and I guarantee you, he's a lot better than me. He lives in the Philippines, and he does great video editing, and that's what he does for me. I mean, and so at some point, you have to. You have you don't have to do this. You can always hold on to it, but just realize that what you're doing. I ask people all the time, you know, would, do you want 100% of a grape or would you like 50% of a watermelon? Mm. See, the reality is you're holding on to 100% of a grape, and yes, mm. you do have all the control. But at some point, when you start to partner with others mm-hmm. who are strong in the areas where you're weak, that's the only way you're going to really grow. People come to me all the time, and you know, they say. Uh, uh, no way. Yeah. Hopefully they say not, uh, man, I'm going to hire somebody and I'm hiring somebody just like me. I'm like, man, that's the one you hire the opposite of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cause now you hire somebody that is just like you. You ain't getting anything done. Not, not two. We got two people not getting anything done. And by the way, everything that you, cause I say delegate what you hate, right? Yeah. So everything that you 
hate doing, they're going to hate doing because it's just like you. Now yeah. you hire the opposite of you. Everything you hate doing, they love it. They yeah. eat it up. This candy to them. Yeah. So yeah, you have to partner with others. There's um, Dan Sullivan released that book a couple of uh, months ago, the Who Not How, right? And that's a principle that's right. I talk I love about a lot. A great book. I talk about that a lot. Of just like, man, you got to find this. So I had a I had a doctor on a call a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, man. <laughs> I just don't know. How am I going to get that done? And I went, oh, see, there's the difference. There's a difference. The, the telltale sign of the difference between an entrepreneur yep. and a business owner. That's right. An entrepreneur goes, who can do this for me? That's exactly right. A business owner tries to find the time, tries to figure it out. And you never, ever will be successful as just a business owner. You need never. to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I have that mindset. And most of them, Dino, got out of the rat race only to find themselves on the hamster wheel. You know, they don't own a, <laughs> they don't great. they don't own a business, they own a job. Yes. Yes. I, I tell my students, I say, man, you're you don't own a business. That business owns you. You mean yeah. you, can't, you can't take a month off right now? I mean, like my wife and I, and, and by the way, it is an adrenaline rush. That's the reason why we, you know, workaholism has been, you, you know, we figured out what dopamine and all those fixes yeah. that getting from being work workaholics. Yeah. And so what I've done is I like, I like dopamine. I mean, I, I like it. So I've rechanneled it. So now I say, Hey, okay, I'm going to, uh, it, it might be a Thursday. One time we did this, my wife on a Thursday, a friend of ours invited us to go on a European trip for three weeks. So I just fixed everything. And by Tuesday, we, we were on the, we were on the plane and mm -hmm. I, it was three weeks going to be gone. That's a dopamine rush for me. Like sure. the one way ticket, you know, yeah. I don't know what I'm coming back. And so there's other ways that we can get that fix that we desire than killing ourselves inside of our business. You know? Yeah. Well, there's, as Joe Pollard says, we are, it's the one addiction that is universally celebrated. Yeah. Workaholism. That's right. <laughs> it's like, it's a badge of honor. It's a like, <laughs> oh, you know, I don't want you to be an alcoholic or whatever yeah, else, yeah. like, but we're a workaholic. Oh, uh, good for you. And oh, we celebrate yeah. that. It's like, yeah. no. Yeah. And I love that I'm idea. Work them on. Yeah. Where, where are you going to seek that dopamine rush? Exactly. Like, where are you going to seek it? Where are you going to reprioritize? I want the dopamine rush to be with my family or to be on Absolutely. vacation or even yeah. a hobby. We were joking a little bit about golf earlier. I right? was like, Hey, if that's your rush, do great. <laughs> do that. If that gets you out of the office and make sure that you have other people doing stuff for you, that's awesome. Noli, yeah. so um, gosh, I can't believe the time has gone so fast. You have been We're fun, man. This man, fun. you've been <laughs> of information. I mean, there are little pieces too where I'm sitting there going, like, let's go all the way back to the beginning of this conversation where you said you asked people not for a loan, but to give you the money. Right. I mean, that struck me big time. I know there are probably people on here who probably were bold enough to go and ask people for money as a loan. And then yeah. now you've lost sleep over the times that you couldn't pay them back and you're worried about paying them back. And sure. I did that I, with my first show I ever produced in, in Hollywood. It was, I asked family, friends for money. I gained all the money and I, it took me almost 20 years to pay them back. Yeah. And I thought about yeah. it every year, whenever I'd meet them, are they thinking yeah. about this? It messes with your conversation sure so to have the boldness to say, no, no, no. I just need you to give me the money. Yeah. Believe in me. 
right? That's, that's fascinating. That's awesome. Well, we have gotten to a place where we ask uh, some very specific questions around our roles in life. And it's our final four questions that we ask. It's kind of rapid fire. Are you willing to play? I'm willing to play. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any idea what you're going to ask me, but let's go. Well, before we get to that, we definitely want to make yeah. sure that people know, go to Amazon to get your book. And where else can they connect with you? Yeah, you can connect with me. All things, it's just go to nolly.com. That's K. If you can spell my name, you can find me. K-N-O-L-L-Y.com. And it's my real name. People ask me that all the time. Me too. It's a West Indian Caribbean name. And uh, and, yeah, you got an amazing name too, Dino. So yeah, go to yeah, we're, we're, we're brothers and names, right? Because uh, I get that all the time. So, so I got that this weekend. Oh, is that, so what's your real name? Yeah, it's actually Dino. It's on the birth certificate. <laughs> like I didn't make this up, especially as a kid growing up in the 70s, no. would not have chosen. Yeah, name, I, exactly. I and that's what I tell people all the time. By the way, I'm a junior. So my dad had the exact oh. same name, which is hence probably one of the reasons I got, you know, a, a few extra whoopings, you know, because yeah, yeah, right. they look like dad. I had the same names. Like, ugh, you know, yeah, somebody, somebody's taking out their frustration on the Dolly uh, Jr. By the way, I, yeah. I reconciled with my mom when I turned 18. Oh, that's great. Thank uh, you for this. You know, she, she is a beautiful person now. She's very warm, very friendly. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, mental illness is a real thing. And so, yeah. So, yeah. And hurt people hurt people, right? So that's exactly yeah. right. And and I cut that cycle of violence because I I I'm all love, baby. It's all that's love. That's the most important thing. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because and I'm I'm definitely I I, I just want to say this is I think sometimes our biggest lessons are of what not to do in that's life right. if right. we're willing to look at it right. That's right. And I think oftentimes people use the excuse of I was this, or I came from this, or that's what I saw. And so how, you know, I can't, can't be blamed for it. It's like, well, everyone has the opportunity to look at something and go, eh, I don't want to be that. I don't want that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, awesome. Okay. So question number one is, um, when we talk about owning our role, I want to know what is the highest and greatest responsibility that you feel you have on this earth? To leave a legacy. Um, for me, for me, the legacy is, um, and it's not, it's not to, just to leave a legacy, it's to live a legacy. Mm. For me, that is, um, you know, scripture says that uh, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm. I think, I think the real legacy that we leave behind, you know, is our knowledge, the, you know, the how to, how to actually do something. Uh, and we leave that for our kids, our grandkids and future generations. Um, because statistically, they show that if I leave, you know, all my houses and everything to my kids. Um, it's statistically 18 months. Yeah. And they flushed, you know, but, but what you're leaving behind, like with this episode, that's going to stick for the next, you know, maybe five or six generations that it hits the right person. I believe that's one of the reasons why I love books so much. And I never, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have dyslexia. I hated reading books when I was a kid <laughs> and that, you know, I, I, I always say whether my book is good or not, what will be is, three generations from now, my great, great grandkids will be able to read a book and go, this That's is right. how grandpa thought. That's right. Like no matter what, it, on this subject, he thought about That's that. That's your legacy. That's your legacy. Yeah. Number two, what do you want as the ultimate outcome for life? The ultimate outcome for life is to, to be happy. 
you know, for me, it's to be it's happy. To be happy. And, and I, I look at happiness as a, a byproduct of living your purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're living your purpose, if you look at your life and you're not happy, there's something off. Like you're not in step. You're not in, you're not yeah. owning your role. Um, and so I see it as a byproduct of living your purpose. You live your purpose every day and happiness is going to be inevitable for you. Totally. What do you consider true leadership to be? True leadership to me is servanthood, like literally. And I, I tried to explain this to a business once and they were just, they almost laughed me out of the room, but they, I think they finally got it a little. But what you have to understand is when you have a team, say 12 members, 14 members, three members, whatever it is, you actually work for those people. It's not the other way around. A lot of people, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs think, oh, these people work for me. But when you really look at the role, they're looking at you like, hey, uh, you know, for 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 guidance, like for, yeah. for all their needs. And so you're there really to serve them. So for me, it's like scripture talks about it being a shepherd, but it's really being a servant. Like, how mm-hmm. can I serve you? What do you guys need? Let me know. And I'm I'm there to get it for you. You know? Your team members wake up every single day to make your dream come true. So that's right. Act like that's, it. Right. that's right. Last question. Before you die, which all of us have that date, right? We don't know what it is. It's unknown. But what experience do you hope to have or want to have between now and dead? Oh, you know, the big, the thing that comes to mind, I see a stadium, buddy. And maybe we'll be doing this together. I see a stadium, man. It's packed. It's packed and it's packed. And there's a lot of, a lot of smiling faces, but there's a lot of hurt people Mm. there as well. Mm. And they're there to heal, man. And they're there to learn a better way of living and a better way of being and a better way of business. Wow. And so I see, I see you know, the message being projected to them and I see lives being restored as a result of that. So yeah, I see myself speaking in stadiums. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. And Dino well, will be right there. Maybe I'll be your I'll do it. Yeah, I'll be there. You bet. I'll, I'll be I'll be the uh, warm-up act for you. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I might it might be the other way around, Dino, from from what uh, I know. <laughs> this has been amazing, Nolly. Like just I can see how you heal businesses because of your heart of your passion and just your, your knowledge and understanding and, and what a lifetime of, of lessons that you have filed in that brain and that soul of yours that you can help people. I'm going to just implore everybody listening to, to reach out to Nolly on all of the social medias. And is it what the website is, is it Nolly Williams? Yeah, no, Nolly. Just com. That yeah, made it easy. It. That's it. I, I, I scooped that up. I scoop that up a long yeah. time ago. You know, I, there are too many dinosaurs in the world for me to get Dino.com. So, <laughs> uh, but Nolly.com, go K N O L L Y. Check him out. Check him out on his socials, on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, yep. and and go get his book. It's up there right now on Amazon. Go get his book. Leave a review. But Nolly, thank you so much for joining us and and blessing us with amazing knowledge and information insights today. I appreciate it, Dino. My pleasure, man. It's it's been fun and you've been such a wonderful host. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Everybody listening, I just want to thank you again for being a part of the Own Your Role audience and being able to share this information with those that are around you. Remember to subscribe and follow to make sure you get notified when great golden nuggets of information for the last 40 minutes uh, show up again for our next guest. 
Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of Own Your Role. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Own Your Role podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're alerted for every new episode we release. And don't forget to write us a review and let us know how we're doing. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social medias. Just search at Dino Watt. And if you'd like me to come and help your team or audience learn to own their role in person, make sure you go to DinoWatt.com for more details. I'll see you on the next episode.